Lifting Leaders podcast, where we're unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Trisha Ryan, and together with Crystal Roberts, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we are exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hello, hello. Welcome to Lifting Leaders. This is Trisha. Crystal, are you there? Hi, welcome. I'm so excited for our guests that we have today. I know you're going to introduce them, but um, we're, we're really um, honored to have, have you here. Yes, we are. In fact, today we are so excited. We have not only a best-selling author, but um, also a personal friend. And I am so excited to introduce uh, Dr. Shashad Naravi, who is a business psychologist, master certified coach, and founder and CEO of Strategy Meets Performance, a business consulting firm that partners with leaders of midsize to Fortune 500 organizations to help them create engaging, innovative, and productive cultures. Dr. Naravi has been named Trailblazer of the Year, Citizen of the Year, and a voice to listen to for driving positive change in her community. Her new leadership book, a Powerful Culture Starts With You has rated as the first new release in workplace culture and bestseller in business coaching. I want to welcome you, Dr. Sharzad Naravi, to our podcast today. How are you doing? Thank you, Trisha. Thank you, Crystal. I am doing great, and it's a pleasure to be here. It is so great to have you here. It has been a, a long time in the making. We were waiting for your your book to launch, and it did three weeks ago. And interestingly enough, on day one, it hit the bestseller list, which is awesome. So we're excited to be talking about it today. I personally want to share Crystal and listeners that I have known Shahzad for a few years now. We both attended Hudson Institute of Coaching together. And it was just wonderful being in that program with you and, you know, getting to know you. And one of the things that I remember most about you is that you have this warmth. You just came across with this warmth and compassion Mm -hmm. and this real deep commitment to learning and that resolve to helping your fellow students learn as well. So I, that's truly inspiring to me. It's something I will never, I will never lose. It's going to be in my heart forever. And I'm just really glad that you're here. So your book, A Powerful Culture Starts With You, has been out for almost three weeks. How's that feel? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, as I'm listening to you, Trisha, I'm reminded of when I was in the throes of it several years ago, working on it and I would work on it for a bit and then I would get busy with getting certified in our coaching and doing other things and I would pick it up again. And I remember the encouragement that I would receive and it makes such a big difference. You know, anyone who's working on a big goal, I think when you are able to help them see that they could reach that goal, it's quite inspiring and it makes a big difference. So 
if you have friends and colleagues and family members who have something big they want to do, always remember to take the time to encourage them as Trisha did. And it just feels great to be here today. It's a little, honestly, it's still a little surreal. I'll bet. Yeah. So we're going to ask you a series of questions here today, and hopefully this is going to help our listeners get to know you better, as well as get to know a little bit more about your book so that we can get them into the store buying it, right? We want them on Amazon, call call Amazon or get on Amazon and order that book. So, and Audible. I made an audiobook. I saw the trailer on that and I was amazed that you were doing it, you know, audio as well, audiobook. And I thought, oh my word, this is great. So I'm going to listen to it too because I'd like to hear you talk about it. And that was the other question people asked Will it be your voice? And and I thought, who else could do it like the author? (laughs) Yes, I will. I will sit in a booth for 20 hours and I will do it. Hopefully that's going to pay off in the end, right? So, Sharzad Nuravi, tell us your story. Well, I have always been fascinated by human behavior and human potential. I recently was cleaning out one of our rooms because my nephew will be moving in and going to UC San Diego, and I found a autobiography I wrote at 15. And in that I had written how much I loved psychology and would want to study it. And it just made me smile that we can know what our interests are at a young age and the fact that I took it to the end. And so I studied uh, psychology and journalism. I had a career in Talent, ma- talent management, talent development, coaching and training in-house for organizations. Mm-hmm. I was also working as a consultant for a colleague's firm, coaching Fortune 500 uh, leaders and facilitating learning for them. So I had a nice mix of experience. And I went back uh, after these years to earn my doctorate in organization development because I felt that I needed a little more training to be able to work across systems and cultures. And it was the best thing I did. And I launched my company, Strategy Meets Performance, in 2010. And I've never looked back. I find every day that I work with my clients to tap into their deepest potential, not just for their company and the culture there, but also for themselves personally and for their communities. I find it a joy. I find it a privilege. And it is something that I hope to be doing until the end, honestly. That's wonderful. That's great. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you came up with this idea when you were so young. You know, I'm wondering what inspired you at that point? Do you know? Humans are interesting. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I wanted to understand human behavior and how Mm -hmm. do we accomplish our goals? What are the ways that we can just go as far as we can in our capabilities? It was just interesting to me. Perhaps watching my parents who were immigrants to the U.S. and seeing the immigrant work ethic and how they push themselves and um, us, maybe that had something Mm -hmm. to do with it. My mom would always have leadership books lying around, Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins and 
you know? And so it was maybe in, in our environment as well. Oh, I love that. I love how you are inspired. Um, like you said, at that, at that young age and also the impact that parents can have right in our, our surroundings and just having those things available. Um, and that whether you read them or not, you know, it's more about yeah. understanding the value that that brings to our lives. So I love that. So my next question is uh, what inspired you to write the book? When I started my company, I was giving many talks for leaders uh, on leadership and culture, emotional intelligence, how to show up in a way that's inspiring and motivating. And one of the questions I would be asked over the years frequently was, you know, I get what a great culture looks like, but where do I start? Tell me what to do. And I thought it was such a good ask. And, and this is coming from a person who has trained in it, you know, who has um, worked with companies on their culture. And I thought, how can I create something that makes it step-by-step and doable to look at your culture, to create a coaching culture, and to have your senior team be aligned? And so that was my clients were the inspiration. And, and, and it's the way I think I remember in my training, there were many times we were learning different theories of change management, communication, team dynamics. And some of them were interesting, yet it was unclear. How would you apply this? And that's the kind of thinker I am. I always think, how do we make this practical for busy executives to want to create change and, and have steps to it? So that was the impetus. Yeah. And I would say, um, having read the book that I think you nailed that, mm-hmm. um, Thank you. it was made me feel like I wanted to run out and buy it for my clients because <laughs> I really <laughs> did feel like it was written while those of us that are in the, the field, like you, we teach this all the time, but to have it so packaged so nicely, so easily accessible that it's like, okay, we're, let's go. Step one, step two, step three. And it's really going to be helpful for them. So I was really excited when I read it because I thought I can, I can use this like today. Yeah. Thank you. I have to add to that. Um, you know, I think this is a game changer. You know, we have been in this industry for a pretty long time, and I think all practitioners are always struggling to figure out, you know, how are we going to sell this or how are we going to help map it out for people so they understand. And so we have all these wonderful foundational theories and practices mm-hmm. and processes out there that that really do the trick. It's just how do you bring them together in a way that makes sense to people who don't do this for a living? And you did it. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I may not be the most, the world's foremost authority on this, but doggone it, I've been doing it for almost 40 years. Yeah. And I have, I think I have enough in, uh, experience in it. And I've practiced all of these things individually or, or a few together, but seriously, um, we're going to, I'm going to have you unpack a couple of things just right yeah. now. And that is do, do us a favor and share your three models with us. Yeah. And, and thank you for that. That's a huge compliment to come from 
to practitioners of organization development uh, to see that this breaks it down for clients. And, and I'm sure as um, you do, I also, when I work with clients, give them articles along the way. And some of them will say, well, how did you come up with that? And I say, well, thank you for asking. I'd love to share with you. And so part of the work clients do with us is not just improve their leadership, but understand models and have tools that they can then carry on. And so um, that is what was in my mind. And it's a three model approach. Do you want me to do a share screen? So if you, while I'm speaking through it. If you would like to, we would love that. Thank you. Yeah. And um, give me just one moment. So it's a three model approach. And the first one is how to look at your culture with a fresh set of eyes. And for each of these models, I use acronyms because I think, A, they're memorable. Mm -hmm. I'm oddly good at doing it. And they give steps. (laughs) And the first one, examine your culture. In the book, I have steps and I give examples of each one. And for our listeners who will not be seeing this on um, YouTube, I'll just walk through the steps. It's walk around. And this is about talking to you know, management by walking around, talking to employees, seeing what's going well, any suggestions they have, ask, seek, explore, take in feedback. And the next step, clarify and understand. And a very important step in all of this is the H of the watch it model. That's handle your ego. And I spend a little bit of time in the book talking about what is the ego what is it there for? How does it serve us? And how does it hurt us? And uh, I talk about that because when some when it takes courage, it takes courage to ask someone, hey, how am I doing as a leader? How is our culture? What suggestions you have? And that's the crux of be, not just looking at your culture, but being able to seek data and input so that you can inspire a new plan. That's the I and take charge of growing yourself and your culture. And so the focus on the ego, I think is applicable for anything in our lives Mm -hmm. and how we can know that this is not a threat. When someone gives us feedback, it's not a insult to us, it is an observation. How do we look at it in a neutral way and decide how we'd like to make it better? Mm. I then have four checklists because I am someone that uh, likes some attention, has some attention to detail. And I knew leaders would say, well, which parts, you know, which parts of my organization should I look at and watch? And um, on my book website of powerfulculture.com you could download the different forms and checklists that i talk about in the book and the first one is looking at the physical space so i have questions around what do you see when you first walk in who's greeting you how how are they greeting you are they greeting you what does the break room space look like what does the meeting space look like is, are there food and drinks? What kind? Are, how is that working? 
And so it's a chance with a fresh set of eyes and many companies have gone back um, uh, hybrid or more. And it's a chance, to, and especially if it's a place where customers go or uh, employees go sometimes, it's a chance to look at it and, and ask yourself, is this engaging? Is this inspiring? The second one, communications, helps you look at the communications from your senior team. Are you, from your president, your CEO, are you getting messages about customers, about the vision? Are you clear on the strategies? What values are driving the organization? How often are you getting these communications? And so that's a great way to assess how much clarity employees have on the company, where it is and where it wants to go. The third one is around the employee experience. And this starts with day one. What happens when you show up to your first day of work? Did you have a desk? Was there a computer there? Were there meetings set up? Did you have a few supplies? It sounds so basic and it's not. And um, there are things you can do to ensure the employee experience is inspiring from day one. And then I go on and I ask about career paths, talent management, coaching, how often are your managers meeting with your employees? And so that captures the employee experience. And the last one, group dynamic, is a chance to see what's happening in your meetings. Who's speaking? Who's not speaking? Is it inclusive? How do you know it's inclusive? Are there in-groups and out-groups? And it's a chance to give, for all of these four checklists, give this to a few trusted colleagues and formal and informal leaders and say, check it out and let's get back together in two weeks and compare notes. And this is something any company can do with their team or if it's a smaller company with the whole organization and you are now gathering rich data and you can together decide, huh, we've seen a few trends. What shall we do about it? Oh, you know, when you were talking about this, as you're talking about the checklists, I'm thinking I'm, I kept going back to what you said about ego. And that was something that really re you know, resonated with me when I was reading the book. In fact, I spent a lot of time on that section because that's the one thing that's hard for people to let go of, you know, especially when you're talking about feedback. And right now I'm dealing with a couple of clients who are, are struggling with that. But um, it's, it's not until you can look inside and, and look within and just be okay with, you know, where you are and how you feel about what you're hearing and, and what do you do with that, um, that you can start looking at, okay, how do we fix? How do we make things different how do we look you can't look outside until you've taken care of inside right and you know you're a psychologist you know that better than a lot of people do so I but I love the checklist part because once you've gotten that ego in check then you're able to take those checklists and actually use them for something that matters you know which yeah. is so awesome so it's great and, and one yeah thank you and one thing I would add it can be a knee-jerk response mm -hmm. to get feedback and think it's them. And it's, it's a natural human reaction. It could be in the beginning to think, well, I think some of these employees 
are not doing their best work. I think that they could serve customers better. And, and we may at first see the symptoms and, and see the problem as external. But really the question is, how do you as a leader see that and ask yourself, what can I do? What have I done to drive the positive things in this organization? And remember, when you're working on these checklists, there's going to be awesome things that you learn. Don't just gloss over them. You know, when I work with my coaching clients, some of them say, let's just get to the negative feedback. I say, no, we will first look at all the things that bring you your power that are creating uh, an amazing culture. And same goes with this situation of looking at your organization. You, you can get to a point where you decide, I see all of these things that I can do better. And what can I do? to be the change. And that was one of the things that I would say a lot to myself and to my clients, it starts with you. And when we have a shift and we decide to take accountability and drive something new and different, the environment around us shifts. And so that's why I entitled the book, A Powerful Culture Starts With You. It's from the inside out. Hmm. So powerful. Yeah, it is so, so powerful. And that takes courage, right? It takes that courage and the humility um, to do that. And, and to, to say, Hey, I, I'm having an impact. And, and we do, Trisha and I talk a lot about that in our <laughs> leader classes, that, that we can sort of leaders can change the weather. And yeah. Um, and that, that comes with it um, a lot of responsibility, um, and, and the recognition I know when <laughs> I was, I, you know, working with executives, sometimes when people have risen quickly, and even if they haven't, um, they're just so surprised by that. They're so surprised by the fact that, that the impact that just how they show up, um, uh, makes, uh, on, on the culture and the, the people. Hundred yeah. percent. I, I've had mm -hmm. so many clients tell me if they, there was a, a leader who bothered them and they decided they wanted to be the change. And, and we talked about what good things does this person have? There are some good things. Come yeah. on, let's come up with it. And when they showed up differently, they, <laughs> I've seen this so many times, the client comes back a few weeks, a month or two later and says, you know, I actually like that person. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, you changed. And so that changes people's response to us. And that's so powerful. Yeah. It starts with us. Yeah. Love that. Amazing. The drive it model is a coaching model. And we all know when you create a coaching culture and people are able to help each other, lift each other up it changes the environment and it makes it more positive. People are able to process their challenges. And when I created the drive it model, I have steps like determine the challenge, reflect on what making this change would mean to you, invite a new way of thinking. And these steps, each of them has questions underneath it that you can download this on a powerful culture.com. And, and I thought, how do I make 
coaching doable for people who will not get coach training? And so this is a tool you could use anywhere in your life. And so that's the drive it model. And then the third model, walk it, is about how you get your senior team aligned. Because all too often in the boardroom, all the senior team leaders agree on something. But then when it comes to the reality, they kind of go off on their own or someone will say, are we really doing what our CFO said? And they'll say, no, it's fine. And, and that's very disengaging. And so the yeah. walk it model is to help leaders see how they can walk the talk. That is the biggest thing employees mm -hmm. want. Um, how to get aligned, how to look at the culture, how to integrate your values and track the, the culture journey. So I'll just pause there. So those are the three models. Yeah, and they're powerful models. I think this is the game changer we were talking about is the, you know, the fact that you've taken different concepts that have been tried and true throughout mm -hmm. organizational development history anyway, or as, as we've gone through with the last 75 years of it. Um, but you made it simple. You made it understandable. You made it digestible so that people can just, okay, I can do this one step at a time. You know, that's, yeah. that's the amazing beauty of this thing. And so I, I really think that I hope that our listeners are listening to this part and they really do go out and, and check out the book because it is, it's, it is, I'll say it again, a game changer. I, I bought 10 copies of it because I was so excited. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I had to. I've got, I've got some clients who I think could really use this, and I think they'd appreciate it. So I'm going to be, you know, sharing the, the book as a part of coaching. Um, yeah. And I, I just think it's going to be very helpful. And, you know, it's good for the book, but it's great for them. It's just so great to simplify things yeah. for them. And, and my greater vision, and you or all of you practitioners are part of this, is to create better workplaces. I would like to meet people. And when I tell them what I do, instead of saying, oh, my God, my boss needs you, my company needs you, <laughs> and that's great and all. But I would like my vision is to meet people and they say, I love my company. Mm -hmm. my and I do from time to time. My company culture is great. I mean, we spend so much time at work. How do we make it enjoyable? How do we make people feel great about themselves and their teams and the company and serve the clients in a really powerful way? So I think all of us practitioners dream of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's why we do the work. Well, and I think that really gets to our next question which is why, why is culture important for the employee experience? Yeah, well, right now we have the great resignation. Mm -hmm. And um, after the pandemic, employees have realized, wait a minute, so I could work virtually and be productive. My company was productive and we, we thrived during a time of, crisis and chaos. And so that's been proven to us, right? For many companies that um, virtual work works. And so as companies are going back live and having people come back in, which has many benefits and hybrid approach certainly is great. There are people saying, I don't really know why we should do that. We, I found time to be with my family, I, I found time for self-care. And 
the the thing is to understand where your employees are. When you create a great culture, they are not going to be leaving for more pay. There's research that shows you can a person can be offered a third more pay, but if they love their culture, if it has the attributes that make it positive for them, from everything from career paths to flexibility, which is a big one, to uh, just the joyful environment that is family-oriented and people care about you as a human and not just a worker, it's hard to make that leap Mm -hmm. to this place where you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know till you're there. Even with the interviews and they send you the bouquet of flowers when you accept the job and all of these things and you think, oh my God, this is going to be great. Not necessarily, you know, and there are so many companies where employees are not going anywhere during the great resignation because they're happy. Mm -hmm. They feel cared for. And so when you work on your culture, you, you do have less turnover, you have more productive employees, you have a great reputation where then you attract even stronger employees. So there's, there's so many reasons Mm. that it is not just the right thing to do. It's smart for business. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's just so true. And, and I was thinking the other day that, you know, that we think about the friction as far as people moving jobs and when you are full-time at home, there's a lot less, you don't have to necessarily pick up and and move to another state for a new job, or it's just clicking the button and it's a new, a new organization. So these things are just, they have always been important, but they're just absolutely critical now where people, I really feel like have more of a choice Mm -hmm. Um, and they have, it's easier for people to, to move from one organization to another. So providing that culture and really paying attention to it, whether it's virtual or it's in-person or it's hybrid, um, just absolutely critical to the success of the business, as you were saying. Yeah. And and in a virtual culture, there are creative things to do for people to get to know each other. And, um, you know, some companies will have the virtual coffee talk or happy hour And I encourage building in time to connect within regular day-to-day meetings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the way I've always run meetings for clients and boards that I've run is we start by sharing something about ourselves that's going well, that we're excited about. Let's bring the human side to even our day-to-day meetings. It just makes it meaningful Mm -hmm. and it's culture building. Absolutely. It's so important. And it is, for some reason, so foreign for people. And it, it's interesting because they would be eager to talk to somebody in the break room about that very same thing, or several people, but you get them in a boardroom or you get them in, a, in some kind of a meeting space. And all of a sudden, they're a little reluctant to share personal, yeah. you know, anything personal about themselves. They may even, if they're virtual, they're going to go off camera. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And it's about the leader feeling comfortable or getting himself or himself or their own style to stretch a bit Mm -hmm. to realize people really like this when you 
when you ask about them to have them share and the things you'll learn about people's backgrounds and families and skill sets and hobbies. And you're thinking, wow, this is so great Mm -hmm. to know. And, and it builds stronger relationships. Yeah. It, uh, and you know, it is, it's just really a matter of being vulnerable, isn't it? It's like, let's, we've been ta- Crystal and I've talked about this so many times about being vulnerable and how, yeah. what a gift it is, you know, to show people that your heart can touch theirs or, you know, in some way you have a connection that makes you human and they can relate to it because they're going through things yeah. that are similar. It's so wonderful. So. And, and there's a part about it where if you are going to do something new, I had a client who we I worked on mindfulness quite a bit. He had a lot of anxiety, even though he was a great planner, he would think, what if something goes wrong? And one of the tools we used was um, guide, five minute guided meditation. And it helped him so much. And this is someone in manufacturing that during his meetings, he would tell the group before we begin, I'm going to share it with you this five minute guided meditation you can look at the screen, you could close your eyes, you can just be still, all you need to do is breathe. And he said, I'll be closing my eyes, because that's what we practiced together. And he loved it. And he knew people would make fun of him or say, Oh, you're so strange. And there's a part of us that wants approval. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when we are trying something new, it's so important to realize people will think this is different. This is strange. This is kind of weird. And to be okay with it, to be okay with someone saying, Oh, this seems strange. And to say, you know, I thought the same thing. And if you can just try it, I'd really appreciate it. And people started appreciating it and, and just taking those five minutes to be still and then go into everything. And so I, I challenged um, all of us, that when we want to do something new, have a vision that this is a great thing. And it's okay if people think it's strange or foreign and welcome them to share that and say, you know, just let's try it. Thank you for sharing. I know maybe I look weird sitting here at work with my eyes closed, but I, I love it. And I'd like to share it with you. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm going to let Crystal, you take the next question. All right. And I'm also looking at our time. So I think we've got time maybe for two more, for two questions. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you learn about yourself during this process? Mm, Good question. So, oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So in the, the couple things. So the first thing is, in the process of creation, many authors will ask themselves, hasn't this been written before? Mm-hmm. Who wants another book? And that is a natural thing that people will ask. And I learned through working with a group of talented leaders, including Trisha, is that this hasn't been written by me. And the other thing is that people want something new. Can you imagine if every artist, if every singer, musician, fashion designer, architect thought, oh, it's all been done. There's always room for innovation and it hasn't been done by you. So that is one huge takeaway I had. 
And second, that the process of creation is on one hand, lovely and all about self-expression and difficult and messy and Mm -hmm. hard when it comes to editing and rereading something so many times. And I will do it again. I already have my second and third book outlined. So anything that you try once and, and you figure out the pattern and the challenges, that learning curve, you, you've taken it so far, do it again. So yeah, it it was quite a process. And, and I, I know it, you know, in my final days, I will be so glad that I've done this. You know, that, when you just said that, I was thinking about your husband when you did your launch and how he said, you know, you should have seen all of the stuff out while you were doing your editing. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole different house. Huh? Yeah. yeah. He said, yeah, he said something like right now you just see this finished book <laughs> exactly. and everything's great. It was a process. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm going to ask you just your last question, and that is, and you started to tell us, so tell us more. What is, what's next for you? Yeah, thank you. So what's next for me on this journey of voice and sharing, you know, my beliefs and wanting to change the world in different ways? What's next for me? Gosh, golly, you're making me put it out there in the world. Love it. Of you course, got it. Two coaches. Of course, two <laughs> coaches will do this. Uh, is my second book will be for female leaders oh. and how they could tap into their deepest potential and how the men in our lives and our workplace can support that. So it's for men and women. And the third book is about how to create a team culture at home because what we do at home shows up at work what we do at work shows up at home so i think that's the trilogy for this yeah series mm. oh that's beautiful that's brilliant and i can't wait to see what, I know any idea too. about when that next one's going to come out <laughs> oh. well uh you know pressure pressure I've, I've learned so no no it's a beautiful <laughs> question i've learned so much in this process about how to time it out for the writing that you do. So I'm hoping next year because this time I won't overshoot it. I wrote 90,000 words and I had to cut it back to 70, but a good business book is 50. So it's, it'll be a lot less writing. Um, and, and, you know, a lot more just going right into it and knowing when to stop, right. It's when an artist is creating art, they have to know when it's done. And now I'm going to know much sooner. Well, so I, uh, by next year is my hope. Yeah. I would challenge that whole idea about, you know, 70 versus 50,000, because I think that we told you, you nailed it. And 70,000 was oh, perfect. Wow. Seriously. I was going to say, I think we're lucky so, we got this. I was like, hey, I'll, oh I'll read 70,000 books or 70,000 <laughs> words any day. This is great. So, oh, what a this, perfect Friday. You're so kind. Thank uh, you. Well, we are so, so grateful that you spent some time with us today. And this yeah. is amazing information. I think this is a, this is a great another another launch for your book and not only that just a, a great 
moment to get to know you a little bit better. And we are hoping that you have tons of success. You've got two followers, right, Crystal? You've got yep, two fans, absolutely. two fans. One, I've been a fan for years, but you know, we're, we're going to keep following you and you reach out to us too, because we would love to, you know, tap in and, and really push your, your future books. And I think you, the trio is a great idea. It's a great idea. Culture mm-hmm. is not just in the office. So it's just wonderful. Thank yeah. you Thank so you. much, Dr. Sharzad Nuravi. Thank you ladies so much and all the best with your podcast. I mean, I'm so excited to listen to all the future ones that you both create. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Thank you. Take care. What a great interview. So inspiring. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. There are so many exceptional podcasts coming up more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website. Thank you, Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, for co-hosting with me. This was fantastic. Thanks to our audience for listening. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week.